You got sick again, didn't you? Yeah, it, it's <laughs> the, it's the. I don't know what it is, <coughs> but it's not good. Because I think over the course time we've done this show, like the frequency with which you're you're ill has increased. It really has. Massively. I think it's the strain of sit, like peering into the universe. I think it's that you keep going out and doing stupid exercisey things because you listen to your friend Doctor Bear and not to your friend Doctor Chris. Yeah. Who says, I, don't do that. We'll just sit in. We'll have a cup of tea. We'll watch some cartoons. It's, it's, it is really hard to get ill if you just sit in the house, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. But, you know, I kind of like the outdoor well, Like, you know, we'll try that for the next next little while. Yeah. See if see if that works. Okay, we'll give but that a let's go. Let's do a couple of sickly shows. Yeah. All right, then. Welcome back to the Space Jam Continuum, the show where we try to make a cohesive cinematic universe out of something that was never meant to be one. I'm Chris McLennan. I'm Carl Noble. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you're excited about this one, so maybe I, we can pep you out of this I, sickness. <coughs> I hope so. I, I, <laughs> it doesn't sound, sound promising <laughs> at this point. I know, it? but we haven't got to the episode yet, but we will do soon. So, you know, that'll hopefully liven me up. Uh, we're in the episode. We, I know, but we haven't watched the, epi- oh, the, the episode, the, the cartoon that the I'm really excited the about. Yeah, the, the the light, at the, the the tunnel. I'm, I'm a lemsip, I'll get back. <laughs> You're a consummate professional. I know, there. right? Uh, so, uh, what did we discover last week before we dive in? Uh, well, there was a, there was something about a company called Cinecolor, uh, which yes. you know it was. Oh, we just colour film to make it all colourful. Nah, yeah, you nah, don't. You're a cloning don't. agency, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, we looked back at the various incarnations of Hector we've seen. Yes. Uh, yeah. And they're drastically different, uh, often in temperament, uh, yeah. ranging from uh, you know cool-headed to full-on rage monster. Yeah. Some are alive. Some are dead. Some are alive. Some are dead. Some are grey. Some are brown. Yeah. Um, and some are amazing athletes some are amazing athletes <laughs> i thought yeah, that one's now which, dead yeah but that one's now dead unfortunately <laughs> but uh so we're wondering why do, why do all these different hectors exist you know how how are some of them seemingly surviving death and the answer is they're not they're not uh they're a series of clones yeah and we think cool-headed hector who we know is destined to be the uh the counterpart to sylvester yes uh going forward is probably like their most successful clone to date um, I, I, it depends what they're cloning them for because if they're cloning them for super soldiers maybe he's not their most successful maybe he's the one that just like well he he won't fight so should we just kill him and he's escaped maybe it's it's, you know, it's he's all got possible. in the bin but yeah. he got out yeah it, it's all possible um and yeah i mean as you say cloning for super soldiers that's interesting because that harks back to bugs bunny who does. uh in a previous episode quite a long time ago now yeah well season one traveled back in time to um stop a hideous super mutant future from coming to pass yeah um by stopping a scientist who is creating a super soldier serum he was and now we think that's more like judgment day you can sort of like in terminator you can push it back yeah but, but it's gonna happen it's gonna happen yeah so you, you know this is going to have to be a repeated process, finding out what the catalyst is this time, going back, putting yeah. an end to it. But right now, we've got a cloning agency operating under the front that is Cinecolor, yeah. trying to create a super soldier. So we need to keep an eye out. So we need guys. to keep an eye out, See what on, especially on Hector episodes, but also, you know, any episodes we, we have marked as Cinecolor. Yeah. Uh, the other big deal last week, it was a Yosemite Sam heavy episode. It was. Um, in one, he was a pirate. In yep. another, he was a cowboy. Now that's quite a big, that's quite a long time yeah, span. Yeah, it really was. Um, and it got us thinking about a picture we posted up a long time ago on Twitter, which it's like Yosemite. It's a good picture. <laughs> we'll have to put it up again. <laughs> and yeah, we'll put it up again. But uh, we we'll always put it up again. Yeah. It's a good picture. It's great. But, uh, it's Yosemite Sam, and he's shaving his moustache off, but like he's sort of shaving down one sort of side of it, and yeah. it's just this big tent tentacle which yeah. was previously a furry tentacle and it put put us in the mind that you know maybe he's some sort of cthulhoid-esque horror yeah like, like not quite elder god level but he's you know he's and that's why and he's eternal. that's why he can you know he he's not time traveling like bugs he's just 
existing. Yeah, but I mean, we, we, we did also um, suggest that he's actually from the Maroonverse as well and not the Tooniverse. Yeah, we, we posited that before. Bugs calls him a Maroon a lot. Yeah, he does. And since watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit uh, at the end of uh, last season, uh, we know there's a whole set of Maroon tunes. There is. And we think Yosemite Sam is one of them. And he's... Because also, he, appear, the he appeared there... Um, yeah. in you know 1947 we saw him there in the in yeah, Town. Yeah. yeah he was there um we think he's trying to stake a claim on the tooniverse now he was wearing his maroon colors he was yeah. calling him maroon he's really trying to you know put his stamp on a on a town in the in the old west yeah. well it might be the old west but it's more likely to be uh just uh, a human like a previously human settlement yes. in the tooniverse yeah and he's trying to become i don't know the overlord of the area yeah just like like well just a the full-on sort of outlaw who's you know come and take over a town it's a yeah. classic western it sort is. of trope but uh we established very early on that there was uh and it's sort of gone now but uh, there was a definite demarcation between human settlements and yeah. animal settlements in the u.s in the tooniverse um and so human settlements tend to be a bit more behind so we actually think uh yosemite sam is in the modern day in the tooniverse yes but in one of those, uh, you know, more frontier sort of towns that still hasn't caught up to the big city uh, like like the rest of the tunes. So that's sort of where we're entering today. Yep. Um, but we've been looking forward to the first episode of, of this uh, oh, yeah. for, for a long while um, because it's your good buddy. It is. It's Marvin, Marvin the Martian. The Martian. It's, yeah. it, I'm so excited. Uh, is this one going to be Marvin on Earth? Is it because it's Bugs as well? Because yeah. it's the classic pairing. Or is it going to be Bugs in Space? Yeah, who knows? It's called Hair Devil Hair. It is. Uh, and I don't really want to speculate too far on it without just diving in because I'm excited too. Yeah. So this is the first appearance of Marvin the Martian. Uh, he's starring uh, alongside Bugs Bunny, as is his custom. And we're watching Hair Devil Hair from uh, July 24th, 1948. Let's, Let's do watch this. That. bunch to think about there then that was really good yeah that was uh, that felt like really quite modern yeah do you know no, what i mean it, like it occasionally you get one you go oh that just feels like a, a new one yeah uh, like as an introduction to marvin that was fantastic oh absolutely because and he only he didn't had say like much. two or three lines yeah, exactly but then he always does yeah he's he, his voice wasn't quite as i remember it though oh it's pretty, it's pretty like it's close is it is it is it there for yeah. you yeah like uh, i think it's just because he didn't say like he really didn't say very much but it's, no it's, it's very it's very similar to what i remember is uh his dog is there i'm guessing it's a dog well i mean because his dog's not as prominent it's a martian dog yeah so the start of the episode it's uh bugs bunny volunteers to go to the moon so it's a newspaper article and bugs is being dragged by a bunch of blokes towards the rocket now bugs doesn't use his uh, ability to travel through salt to get away so I'm thinking he was but either... I don't think he wants to... Because like, they're actually physically dragging him at the time. I don't think he wants to show that that's an ability. He has. Yeah, Either that or he's feigning that he doesn't want to go. Yeah, there's, there's possibly a bit of both. But we know at this point he's terrified. Yeah. He doesn't want to go to the moon. Nope. Uh, and so this this gives us some bugs origin. Because yeah. we, know, we know now that this eternal time-travelling rabbit is still been working within the confines of earth yes yeah he, he's he's not able to travel to other planets and it's potentially because other planets don't have soil or the right soil potentially yeah. it's also the first time we've seen any confirmed governmental affiliation for bugs bunny yes like with like daffy we've we're, daffy yeah. we've seen yeah yeah we're like, fully just, aware just, he's been even just during yeah. the war whereas like this could be the advent of bugs's time uh like with the government in the universe, yeah. with the agency. Um, there are humans in a governmental body, which is new. Yes. Or at yeah. least, new, like, we haven't really seen it before. No. Um, but, yeah, so they they bung bugs in a rocket, and they send him to the moon. They do, it's- but w- w- what actually sells them on it is they tip a load of carrots in as supplies, and he sees that and goes, yep, I'm in, but we do find out something quite interesting beforehand. He's screaming, no, I don't want to go think of my wife and millions of children yeah which like which which adds up really because he's a yeah. time traveling rabbit and 
well, I mean, that's it. There's the two real factors. He's like, a tra- time traveller and a rabbit. Know, every, ti- every time Bugs Bunny, you know, gets the horn and gets his end away, yeah. like, it's probably a good number of kids. Yeah. And he's eternal and travels through time. Exactly. So he's probably been at it a lot. And, as demonstrated even later in this episode, uh, he has, like vampiric levels of seduction uh, yeah, he really <laughs> like does. he just goes okay, I'm just switch it on and anyone's immediately infatuated with yeah. him. so like he's got a lot going for him yeah. and the like and the idea that his claim of having millions of kids is not hyperbole in the slightest no no not at all uh, but yeah they bung him in the rocket yeah. seemingly just straight in the fuel tank yeah because he hits the bottom of the rocket as he goes up yeah um but it's not a staged rocket. It just goes all the way to yeah. the moon. Crashes. Oh, yeah. It, like, like, they did not think about it. They fired him at the moon. Yeah. They, did, they, they didn't send him to the moon. He was fired at the moon. But he steps out and he's all sort of lurching and twitching all over the place. Um, but then suddenly seems fine. And we're wondering if... Uh, I guess, like... It's not a full-on moment, but whether... I don't know if it's a bug's power. Yeah. Or if it's... You know... Or if Toons can have a second moment. But, like... It sort of looked like he was adapting, like he'd been wrenched around from the inside, and yeah, then suddenly so he was like, fine. Like we're assuming he couldn't breathe and then developed the ability to breathe. So either he could always do it and just never knew that he could, or yeah. his body changed to deal with the situation. Yeah, because it could be like in a uh, sci-fi thing where, you know, they take off the helmet and someone's immediately like, and like, yeah. and then realises that they can actually breathe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it could be like that. We're not sure, but it's worth thinking about. But you short- see more people go to the moon. That's the thing. Absolutely. Uh, but shortly after Bugs' arrival, another ship uh, with Mars to Moon uh, yep. expedition um, <coughs> arrives, and out comes our little centurion helmeted, like little yeah, skirted. That's something I want to talk about. Right. Like, okay. Why is everyone on Mars? Why they're all like centurion dressed? Because even the dog was. Yeah, but I don't. No, but like, so I, I was thinking about this. So, the, so the dog in this situation, it's not like Hector. Yeah. Which, like, you know, standing on his hind legs. Like yeah. It, it, it walks around like a dog. Um, but it is intelligent. It can talk to bugs. Uh, it follows uh Marvin's orders in yeah, not a dog, talk. but not not in a dog like way. No. But in a in a military type way. Yeah. He salutes with the ear. Yeah, he's off now. I think life's developed a bit differently socially on Mars, right? Right. I think you still have intelligent animals and intelligent humans, but the humans yeah. are like Marvin. Like yeah, Marvin's like your human. Yeah. Well, Martian. Yes. Yeah. Entity, but they've got their dogs, Martian dogs, but they never had that split. They never had that civility everything's just evolved alongside okay so every, everything's another. developed equal intelligence at so, the same time so like the dog so the, the, the dog doesn't try to ape the martian yeah like by standing up his hind legs you know putting on a tie going to his business job yeah. but they've just all come together so the reason i think we just see military martian presence right okay and you and you think that that's just a classic military uniform yeah yeah which is uh it's skimpy yeah. but uh yeah it's mainly uh sort of centurion hat do, do you think the brush lit, on the head does little, anything the brush yeah uh, well i think that's you know i think it's just you can take it off you can sort your do your converse shoes out with it yeah that was, that's part of the uniform yeah. more basketball shoes yeah uh which goes a little way to explaining why um aliens in any sense are ever going to be challenging anyone to basketball specifically yeah and this might be a point where bugs goes yeah it's basketball yeah it? but that's it like, like <laughs> he's like oh, i'm in space now going to be the basketball bit. yeah because uh yeah i mean you know i'm sure any newcomers to the podcast have worked out in this season by now that we're we're, we're working to space jam right? yeah that's <laughs> that's where we're going um and we've started to see these hints and i think the entrance of marvin the martian uh is very interesting in that regard yeah uh not only because marvin's got the converse shoes the dog here's got the converse shoes but the only other completely alien entity we've seen like not an earth animal yeah not human is uh gosmer yeah and he has and he has basketball shoes on yeah so it's yeah i mean it's it's all starting to tie together even now in uh, in 1948 yeah Yeah. it's quite early doors yeah uh anyway the episode progresses yeah marvin he's trying to blow up the earth he's trying to blow up the earth yeah which bugs takes i would say a little too long to put into perspective yeah but then he does take it personally 
But uh, yeah, and again, we get confirmed Bugs Zonji because he says, um, yeah, everyone I know is on the Earth. So we know yeah. Bugs hasn't... Hasn't ventured further afield ventured than further that. Ventured further afield. Because he has no reason to lie to Martin no. the Martian. No, why like, would he? You know, because early on, you know, he might have been lying to the government. Yeah, about his millions uh, of kids. He's trying to keep his powers under yeah. wraps. But at this point, he just wants someone to not blow up the Earth. Uh, but yeah, he uh, he takes the fuse, I guess, out of this... Yeah, I can't quite remember exactly what Marvin calls it, but it's not just. It looks like a stick of dynamite, but it's not. Oh, did he have? A, did he have a special word? Yeah, like he had a special string of words that went along with it. Oh, right. I mean, I imagine they just described dynamite in tremendous detail. What I do like is his weapon. It was like a big telescope, and then he just screws a stick of dynamite yeah. into the bit he <laughs> and lit it, in yeah, and lights it, and that's going to blow up the yeah, earth. Yeah, and that was going to be the rocket. Like, I'm wondering if that is going to blow up the earth, or if he's fundamentally misunderstood. I mean, it had V6 written on the side of it, so it's like a V6 rocket, but I mean... But with a, te- with a scope. Yeah. You just sort of line it up like a sniper rifle. Yeah, and, and then, away it goes. Yeah. But yeah, they seem to launch all rockets, uh, both the Martians and uh, the Earth uh, government with uh, a stick of dynamite. Yeah. You just sort of strap it in and like that. Now we're doing it. But yeah, uh, Marvin sends the dog to retrieve the the fuse, the dynamite. Uh, Bugs, being the seductive soul he is, yeah. uh, you know, gets out of that one. Marvin shows up. Bugs puts on a good Martian disguise because it's not a Bugs episode without a disguise. Yeah, and he's got a floaty scooter. Yeah. Um, and uh, he delivers a new uh, plunger for the fuse. Well, you know, he, and a really he, long he, Yeah, he, he gives them a stick of dynamite and uh, Marvin's like, oh, brilliant, the Mars have sent this to me. He then goes back to where the rocket is and then Bugs just blows up, which is why I think... It's not the same thing. Dynamite isn't the same thing that Bugs took. He kept a hold of that and then right. gave and then them this stick of dynamite. dynamite. But when he hit the plunger, we just like panned out and we just saw the moon. And it ju- there was just a huge explosion and we're left with a crescent moon. Do you think Do you think that uh, the stick of dynamite he gave them was um, the one for his return journey? Possibly. But because his rocket got smashed up, there smashed was no up, point. There was no point. No. And it was like, well, I, I've got to use well, this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he uses it to blow up the rocket while it's still on the moon, but it leaves us with a big crescent moon. At that point, the government seems fit to return his calls rather yeah. than just send him adverts. Yeah. <laughs> what was it for? It was, about, it it was, was definitely... some sort of cereal, which you could feed to your guests and then put the rest in your mattress. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, all right. It was like, okay, <laughs> Had a great little that. jingle. Yeah, so previously all his calls for help have yielded that. Yeah. And only now do they tune in and go, oh, Bugs, where are you? Have you got a message for the press? And he goes, yeah, I've got a message for the press. Get me out of here. And he's hanging from like a point of the moon yeah. with the Martian dog and Marvin the Martian hanging from his legs. And that is the cliffhanger ending to this episode. Yeah, see, no, that, like, what, what this has got me thinking is, does the moon grow back? Or do they, because... We've seen the moon destroyed several times. Yeah, so... Or at least seemingly so. I mean, this is the, this is the first time we've seen a space episode... Um, and I imagine that's potentially because of the space race starting to happen uh, on our side, or at least that's the way it's starting to go. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it'd be interesting to work out what the motivation on the Toon side is for having a space race. Uh, yeah. But maybe that's not what they're doing. No, like, like maybe, maybe they're just while, like... Maybe while here, uh, like the US was uh, bigging up the... the the communist uh, yeah. issue uh, over that side. Uh, it's just a, a Martian issue. It's yeah. like, we, like we've, we know they exist. We yeah, we know they're out. trying to blow up the earth. Um, but yeah, who knows? Uh, and who knows whether Bugs was informed of the nature of his mission. But what? But we do think we've got the most accurate view of the moon we've had so far yeah. because, you know, it's, it's actually in space. But yeah, the nature of the moon and whether it grows back, whether it's repaired... Like, well, I mean, we whether they just was, ball up what's left into yeah. a smaller moon. But I mean, we assumed that the because the, there's been points where we've seen uh, the moon in the sky being a dickhead. So yeah. it's possible the moon is actually a living creature, That's and there's possible. enough of it left for it to grow back. Yeah, absolutely possible. Like it, because we we only assume that their moon is like our moon. And I mean, to be honest, I've never been to our moon, so I don't even know our moon's not a living creature. It, I'm, I'm assuming it's a rock. I thought it was cheese. 
It might be cheese, rock, living creature. Who knows? Never been to the moon. But their moon might just be another tune. Yeah, who knows? I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of these uh, like celestial bodies yeah. actually uh, realised and we, we can compare them to what we, well, not know, but, you know, yeah, to, to, to old. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, good to see Marvin. Good to see Bugs, like, actually in peril for once. Yeah, like, he because he couldn't get off the use, He can't use his TARDIS powers. No. TARDIS in this situation, uh, for those who don't remember, is uh, time and relative dimension in soil. Yeah. There's no soil on the moon. There's not. So Bugs can travel wherever he wants through time and space. Uh, on Earth. On Earth. That's in, it. in the confines of Earth. Um, be interesting if he ever winds up on a planet where, with plant life... Mm. Where it was like, well, this is soil, but yeah. I said, but like, I know, is it is like, is it Earth-like soil? That's is it the, Earth-like that's the soil? Thing. And these, can he are go they, from? Are these silicon-based life forms? Yeah, who knows? Like, like can like, he go from that planet to Earth and dot yeah, in between? Once, can he attune to the soil? Yeah. and then can he combine the two? Who knows? Well, hopefully, we'll find out. We're not going to find out from this soil-free moon episode. We're not. Are so we? I think we're just going to have to uh, to move on. I think that's a good idea. Um, I think it's going to be a good. Uh, unstoppable force meets immovable object episode here <laughs> because we have uh daffy duck the unstoppable force yeah. of just mad but persistent yeah. uh bird madness yeah and we've got henry hawk who just doesn't give up no like and He's normally relentless. normally gets the job done yeah so it'll be interesting to see uh if they are put at loggerheads or whether or not they become firm episode. friends uh yeah what will happen or will they become firm friends yeah uh so let's find out in a you were never duckier which is a daffy duck and henry hawk episode from august 7th 1948 no cinecolor no clones (laughs) i'm looking forward to it Daffy Duck, hoist by his own petard. I know. Uh, that was an interesting episode. It was. It was. I, I mean, I don't really... I mean, it had a, not, a lot of that why didn't he escape there and there and there yeah. aspect to it. But again, like, like we've talked about this numerous times. Uh, when you're in a bit... <laughs> when you're in a bit, yeah. Yeah, you've got to hang around, don't you? Yeah, it's the tune rule. If, you, if you, You've got to commit to the bit. Exactly, and they always do. Uh... Which presumably is why the rubber glove was so firmly glued to his head. But we'll get to that. Yeah. So Daffy Duck, uh, you know, a fetching green hat, I might add. That's a really nice one yeah, as well. Yeah, it's good. Uh, comes a- upon a, uh, a well, a theatre in the city that's having uh, currently hosting uh, a an awards ceremony. Yeah. For the for the best duck and the best rooster. Yes. The reward for the best. Uh, Rooster, Rooster was, is five thousand yeah. dollars. The award for the best duck is five dollars. He's not happy about that, is he? He he says it's discrimination. It's <clears throat> unconstitutional. Uh, so he uh, immediately sets about disguising himself as a, uh, a rooster and entering himself into the rooster competition. Yeah. Meanwhile, flash over to Henry Hawk, who's been put to bed after being, you know, uh, shown a, a book by his father. Yeah. Uh, of various types of, of, of rooster. Yeah. Uh, but then he says, okay, right, it's time for bed, son. Tucks him in. But Henry Hawk, we know he's a tenacious... He's a go-getter. ...little guy. He's a go-getter. Yeah. He's, he's got positive mental attitude. Yeah. Uh, and also s- superhuman strength. That's insane. Um, but, so he sets out and comes across the same theatre. Yeah. Uh, and entering it, finds Daffy, tries to nick him. Doesn't really work out. Daffy no. just thinks he's sleepwalking, goes back. Eventually, he catches Henry trying to nick him and goes, what's going on? Uh, and Henry's he's, he's saying a lot about how, how much his dad will be uh, you know, excited to see this prize. Yeah, he, he says he's the finest judge of chicken flesh. Yeah. And 
Daffy, hearing judge, just goes, oh, brilliant. Well, they can judge me now then. I mean, I do like the fact that uh, Daffy finds the discrepancy in uh, award for ducks and uh, roosters uh, unconstitutional. But going to to bribe a judge before a competition... It's fine with that. That's fine. But there you go. Uh, so he he goes back to Henry's house by his own volition yeah. um, to discover that, uh, you know, he has misunderstood the situation. Yeah. And what's his name? George K. Chickenhawk. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, uh, Henry's dad uh, is, in fact, as his name would suggest, a chicken hawk. Just a chicken hawk. Uh, and they uh, set about, you know, moving to cook him up. Yeah, um, it, it is like a scene out of like some sort of like slasher, like Texas Chainsaw yeah, Massacre. Yeah, he's sort of strung up, like you know, uh, crying out for help. Yeah, and like, like strung up on a meat hook. Yeah, uh, George K. Chicken Hawk is sharpening a cleaver. Yeah, like, you know, it's very. Uh, but at this at this point, Daffy, tense. it is. But at this point, Daffy hops himself off the hook. Stands there going, "Look, I, I I think you've got things wrong here. I'm actually a duck." Jumps into a vat of water that's there starts quacking about jumps back out and goes see i'm just a joke then jumps back onto the hook (laughs) out of choice and you're like (laughs) why would you go back on the hook if you can get off get off and stay off but then he gets back down again and goes oh it must be the 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 the, The rubber glove on my head yeah the rubber glove and the the feathers on my back that are you know upsetting so he tries to pull them off he can't get it off no but what like one of my favorite bits out of the whole thing and it probably shouldn't have been but it was was where he pulls it really high and lets go and it just ends up enveloping his whole body yeah and and it looks like a sort of full latex body yeah it's like that's hilarious um Uh, yeah but yeah so he tries to escape uh he runs out the front door and is grabbed by the rubber glove yeah but that Uh, means he he could have ran out that front door at any point as soon as he was off the hook he could have just been bolting for the dog. Yeah, but again, commitment to the bit. Exactly. Right? But when he pops, like he springs back because yeah. the guy's holding the rubber glove uh, and it winds up on that guy's head. Yeah, it ends up on And George's then they chase head. him around. Yeah. And uh, like that's going on for a while. And then Henry, I mean, unfortunately for him at this juncture, chooses the mallet, which mm. is Daffy Duck's weapon of choice. Exactly. Uh, as the, the one to take him down and Daffy's going to be able to avoid any attack you make on him with a mallet of course he you're is. not getting Daffy Duck with a mallet you're really not like he's a professional yeah. uh, and he ends up conking his dad on the head so yeah. Daffy escapes goes back to the show and he thinks he's about to win this uh, award uh, and it goes it, the, the award goes to this fine Rhode Island whatever Red it Rooster, was yeah. Red Rooster and it pans across, and it's George K. Chickenhawk with a rubber, yeah, with the rubber taking glove the on his head. Yeah, the $5,000 check. And so Daffy, you know, pulls the rubber glove off his head uh, in the hope of getting the award the, for the yeah. duck. And it pans across, and it's Henry with a clothes peg on his yeah, face and getting like the five flippers dollars. on his feet. Now, what that tells me is there was only three things entered that competition, <laughs> <laughs> and Daffy didn't win one of them. Yeah, I mean... It filled the theatre, though. It did, yeah. I mean, everyone was really interested. Well, we answered some questions. Uh, who comes out better out of uh, Henry Hawk and Daffy Duck? Henry Hawk. Yeah, I mean, he was $5 up. Is Daffy losing his edge? Mm, I'd, I know, it's a bit of an odd one because that, that wasn't... It wasn't combat. Necess- yeah, it wasn't like Daffy's forte. He was just trying to win a competition. And the thing is, is George looked more like a chicken with that rubber glove on his head than Daffy looked like a chicken. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the best plan in the first place. No, but, but I mean, what he did is he like he he distracted the main competition initially and plucked the yeah. chicken feathers out of the uh, the rooster's bum. But we know with that... chicken porn. Oh, absolutely! Oh, that was horrific chicken. Oh, yeah, porn. it was horrible. It was like a pin-up girl, but like pluck. But it was a chicken uh, plucked, plucked from nude. the neck down, yeah, and then sat like a pin-up girl, yeah. And it's just like, oh. I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know what that says about feathers in this world. Like, are yeah. they clothes? I don't know. I mean, it is one thing to take your clothes off, like you know, but to take your feathers out—that's like. But then I mean, Daffy, Daffy, shaving yourself. Daffy rolls his sleeves up all the time and like has stuff on under the. But I don't think it's any different than shaving yourself, though, is it? I suppose not, but at the same time, like plucking a chicken is very much associated, for me anyway, with eating a chicken. Yeah. Like I don't think. You know, when a rooster goes, oh, I'm going to get me some action. Yeah. He goes in there and plucks the chicken from the neck down <laughs> before before doing his business. Pro- probably not. It seems unlikely know. to it me. It does, yeah. But, I mean, we haven't seen anything 
like that. We haven't seen any no. sort of voyeuristic. But, but like, and I'm quite glad for that. But as you say, like, like, like Daffy does, like, roll his sleeves up and he's got, like, skin. And we see cats doing it all the time. Yeah, but with Daffy, we put it down <clears throat> to... Uh, he was given various uh, yeah, like disguises. armor and yeah. uh, stuff to hide. Yeah. And so actually, he is—he was for his military service. Yeah, uh, plucked, sh- like plucked from the down, and he wears and he wears an outfit. Yeah, but my thinking was more that just like, like with the plucking thing, it's like if that's like clothes, mm. then like when when you eat a chicken, are you just undressing it? Or when it goes in the bath, does it have to pluck itself? To like get in, in the bath? their universe, like is every sexual encounter, uh, like really tense yeah, up until the point plucking. where you actually start the act? It's like, <laughs> well, one or two things is going to happen here. But maybe that's why patty cake became such a thing. Maybe because, like, like we talked about this in the live show, because they were playing patty cake quite a lot, yeah. and we came to the conclusion that patty cake was actually a sexual act. Yeah, we don't. In the, don't it, 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 well, in the Marooniverse especially, but yeah, maybe I mean, not. The, in yeah, the it's more of a sort of like fooling around type yeah. thing. But like, it's at least like, yeah, it's a uh, it it brings tunes some stimulation because that's what uh uh was it Acme Marvin Acme yeah yeah it was Marvin Acme and uh, Jessica, Jessica Rabbit. Rabbit were caught. Uh, playing patty cake, yeah. cake and it was a big deal yeah i mean what the sort of what i'm thinking is general day to day you play a patty cake if you're wanting to reproduce it's full plucking yeah so or you do point, or you do it with your clothes on yeah because then at that point you at least you've um like you've established some level of commitment yeah uh over over several encounters before you're gonna let someone plug you from the <laughs> neck down <laughs> But yeah, I don't uh, know. I mean, does I, it go? Does it go across different animals? Like, I don't, I don't do, know. Like, if you're a dog, you, you shave yourself from the neck down. Well, maybe not. Do fully. you just crack on? Oh, like, like maybe you just shave the important areas. Like, if if it's an animal that's like you know wear, that wears clothes, yeah. Do you just get undressed and do it? But like, might they be eaten if they just take the jacket off? <laughs> <laughs> like, it, you know, it's just raised a lot of. It's a lot of questions. Uh, and it's it's a lot of strange questions in the uh, sort of well the way they were dressed they were asking for it realm yeah uh, but not about a sexual thing just about not being asking eaten. to be eaten yeah. <laughs> like if Porky Pig decides one day to take no, it's, it's, it's hot it's hot yeah. out I'm 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 going to forego my bow tie and you know if it gets too hot while I'm walking about I might just take my jacket off can you just munch him down <laughs> just stick him on a hog roast like, and is that you legit. Go. I, I don't think I think there's probably still rules. I think it's probably still sent like kind of sentient, non-sentient rules yeah. that you've got to abide by. Yeah, but my point you know, is, if they're like, going, if, don't you, eat me. I'm just a naked tune. If you'd mistakenly in a in a fit of just overwhelming hunger, just munch down a sentient pig <laughs> because he'd taken his jacket off. You're off to prison. Sorry, straight I, to prison. I reckon you're off to prison. Straight to prison. Straight yeah. to prison. Because the thing is, you, you're not going to just munch down a whole live pig, are you? I don't know how hungry people get. <laughs> I, I can't imagine you get It's the Tooniverse. It is, it is the Tooniverse, but... See, yeah. people eat entire, like, you know, turkeys just in a gulp. Yeah. Not live, though. No, not live. But... Because I think at the point that, like, you shout, don't eat me, I'm a live tune, or I'm a sentient tune, what if you had, they have to stop. What if you had lost your voice? You had a frog in your throat or something? Then, uh, I mean... I think the burden and you of just, proof. You just about manage a croak before you croak. Now the, the, the burden of proof must fall to the the eater, not the et. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean that seems fair, but like, yeah, it seems logical. But at the same time, it's the tooniverse. Nothing's logical. <laughs> Nothing really works that way. <laughs> ah, so th- th- those are my those are my concerns uh, surrounding that episode. Yeah. Uh, shall we take a brief look in the Porky Piggy Bank? I think it's worth it. I'm yeah. going to make sure I put the clothes on it though. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. we decide to eat it. Yeah, but make we we'll put a shirt on the Porky Piggy Bank yeah. and then we'll take a look in it. All right, okay. Okay, we've clothed clothed the. Uh, Porky Piggy yep. not closed. I, I, I haven't developed a speech impediment. No, clothed. clothed. Yep. I don't want to eat it now. I was yep. tempted. That was tempting. Uh, mm. Porcelain. So uh, we make the Space Jam Continuum for free. Every time. Endlessly. All the time. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, you know, our service. It's, I mean, it, yeah, it's just impeccable. It really is. Uh, 
But if you listen to and enjoy the show, uh, there are a few things you could do to help us yeah. out. Not least, please, if you listen on iTunes, leave us a review because it really helps our visibility yeah. uh, in the in the iTunes community. Uh, people can actually see us on various ratings lists. Yeah, as soon as we get can't. a rating, it's amazing. Uh, so thank you to Millie Matt for leaving us a review. Yeah. Uh, help us out, you guys who listen on iTunes. We know, know. you're there. We've got the metrics. Yeah. Just take a minute out. It, like, it'll be a massive, massive help. Um, but if you're listening to this now on your iPhone, just do it now. Literally this Whilst second, we're talking. Just, just give it a pause. Yeah. Drop us a review. It doesn't even have to be clever. No, like, just to be well funny. done. Yeah. Five well, stars. Well done, five stars. Yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, over on kaiju.fm, uh, there's a bunch of other shows for you to check out, and uh, as well as a support us page. Yeah. Uh, so if you listen to uh, our show and enjoy it, uh, go over there, check out some of the other shows, and uh, please consider, consider uh, giving to the Patreon. Um, yeah. For as little as a dollar a month, uh, which is 25 cents an episode or less, if you only listen to us, yeah. uh, you can massively help us out just keeping the whole thing ticking over. Well, I say, it, it all goes towards just keeping the network running. You know, We're not, we're not going to spend it on tea and beer. It's yeah. it literally just for hosting the network. Uh, otherwise, like the only way these things grow is word of mouth. It's yeah. literally the only way it really happens. So if you enjoy the show, like there's a high chance other people that you hang around with will enjoy the show. So yeah. please tell them about it. Uh, because, I mean, if you've listened this far, like if you've been listening from the start and you're yeah. this far... You're probably like, enjoying you're it. You're probably quite enjoying it and there's a high chance other people <clears throat> will too. So please tell them about it because, yeah, uh, yeah that's that's how these things grow. That's how we can get a community together. Yeah. I mean, you, you could always write notes, ball them up and throw them at people from a bus. Yeah, but that normally annoys people and we don't want them to start out annoyed. Not if you put sweets in it. We want them to get annoyed as we talk. <laughs> if you put sweets in it, they might be like, oh, someone's throwing me some sweets. That's an option. Yeah. So yeah, just think creatively, but, you know, telling people is probably more effective. Probably. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, we're, you can find us on Twitter at uh, TSJ Community. Uh, yeah. Get involved in the chit chat. Like, give us your theories, give us your queries. Uh, we did the live show a little while ago, and it was great to have some other people's yeah. input. Yeah, it was and really like, good. Uh, you know, and because it's a catalyst for these things, and it's yeah. it's nice to have the discussion. So please get involved there, or find us on Facebook. Uh, just search the Space Jam Continuum, and you'll yeah. find us. Yeah, exactly. Get involved in the discussion. Have a chat with yeah, you know your like-minded friends, and like we'll try and we'll try and spread this madness. Yeah, it'll uh, be good. Like I mean, once there's billions of people listening to it, you know, you'll be able to talk about it all day to everybody all the time. Absolutely, that'd be great. Uh, so, but uh, above all, just thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with us this far. It's good to know that you know there, there's a bunch of you out there. Yeah, uh, absorbing the good. Uh, investigative journalism that we've been doing it's all 100% accurate as well it's all 100% we are yet to be accurate. proven wrong we've, we've never been wrong nope um, our promo uh, this week is uh, for Lawmasters which is uh, hosted by uh, our very own Rob Kaiju uh, head of the network uh, so yeah if you like the sound of what you hear in the next few seconds go check it out it is a dark and stormy night the wind lashing down and you're facing against your greatest challenge yet a player who's gone in the wrong direction We've all been there, you've got our story planned out, and this player heads off in the wrong direction, and you've got nothing to fill that gap. Well, my name's Rob, and I've started a podcast to help you. The podcast is called Lawmasters, and each week I bring you something for your game. It could be a hook, it could be an object, it could be a person, it could be a city, it could be a whole story arc. If you're a dungeon master and you want some inspiration, please check us out wherever you find podcasts. And remember, you're not alone. then yeah it's a cynical episode so we've got to be on clone watch yeah I, I mean, it's going to be an interesting we one need a little jingle for that yeah clone watch or just like a little sting of clone watch <laughs> like just every time <laughs> all right we'll get we'll get on that it's a cynical episode clone watch yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get on we'll get on that and make up a little uh <laughs> make up a little bit for it yeah i want more I want more sound effects yeah <laughs> season two now man <laughs> yeah we've got a budget's getting like bigger <laughs> let's do it <laughs> The budget's got incrementally larger. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so uh, we've got some new characters again. Yes. So, you know, particular Clone Watch time. Mm. Uh, but it doesn't say first appearance of in our list. And normally in our list, if it says first appearance of, it means these people are going to show up again. Yeah, continuing characters. Uh, and it does not say that. No. Uh, so we've got Heathcliff and Louie. Uh, we don't know who they are. No. Um, uh, we, thought, we both thought we'd heard Heathcliff before somewhere. Yeah. And thought he was a cat. 
And from images we've seen, it looks like that might be true. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that Heathcliff and Louis are clones of other creatures that we may have seen before. Oh, like, I mean, we did have those guys who were uh, cats, then rats. Yeah. Ooh, but, no. but, but, but but that was, uh, was that not Babbitt and Costello? That was Babbitt and Costello. And, but, and um, we assumed that that was actually Abbott and Co- um, Costello Abbott coming Costello, in. Yeah, coming in, and that that's what was going on. But... I mean, we still never got to the bottom of why no. that happened to them. And it is, uh, but it is possible that if we look back at it, they might be Cinecolor. Okay, well, let's watch this one. Uh-huh. Take a look back to see if those Babbitt and Catstello ones were Cinecolor episodes. Mm. And uh, have a little think about it. Right, but, uh, right now, we're watching uh, Do Re Meow, uh, which is a Heathcliff and Louis number from August 14th, 1948. Cinecolor. Clone watch. We need a jingle. No, the whisper's no good. It sounds like a perfume advert. <laughs> yeah, but if it was a perfume perfume advert, there would be like no like context to it whatsoever. It would just be I don't know, like a wispy mountain. And I mean, I think that's what turtle. it's going to be. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Let's give it a go. Okay. Cinecolor at it again. Yeah, well, we saw uh, at least another brown Hector yeah. in there, unmentioned. Exactly. In these archives. Didn't last long, though, did he? He didn't last long. Um, you had a theory about what's going on here, but, like, let's, I've just, I mean, the premise largely on the surface of it yeah. is you've got Heathcliff, who's a cat. He's not very bright. Yeah. You've got Louis. He's a bird. Pretty smart. Yeah. Um, Heathcliff gets a letter saying he's inherited a million bucks in yep. a sort of Brewster's Millions situation, although it doesn't really get to the Brewster's Millions no. bit. It's just he was reading Brewster's Millions at the start, and then they got a letter saying he's inherited some money from his uncle. Yeah. Um, Louis doesn't read him the letter. Uh, no, because Heathcliff can't read. Instead, just trying to get rid of him. Yeah. He's basically just trying to get rid of him. Well, because to leave or die or whatever. yeah, because I think in in the will it essentially said that it goes to Heathcliff, and in the event of Heathcliff's disappearance, it goes to Louis. Yeah. So Louis was like, "Well, I get rid of him." Yeah, without a second thought. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the the episode is pretty much entirely Louis trying to get rid of Heathcliff. Yeah. Uh, up until the point where, uh, at the end, uh, Heathcliff. Has, is deceased yeah. his nine lives have left his body the ninth one's still there uh louis can see it and he goes it's a shame it's a shame you're gonna leave us because you know you would have inherited a million bucks and you can't take it with you at which point his ninth life wolf whistles at the other eight and they yeah. all just fly back in and he just gets up and says well if i can't take it with me i ain't going yeah that's the broad shape of the episode yeah now you don't reckon that's really what's afoot though do you well see the the, the, the way i see it I, I reckon um do you know when america was doing like nuclear testing and they would build like villages and yeah, stuff like, like that and pop and pop yeah and populate them with like mannequins and stuff like that i reckon what cynical have done is they've bought an area and they've made like a township out of it and that's where they're putting their clones um and they're putting them through different tests so i think this one was largely a you know, we've got these two. We've got a cat. We've got a bird. Heathcliff, he's not very intelligent, but fundamentally indestructible. Like other than the dynamite, that's the only thing. So he, you know, do you he, think they're sort of stress testing the different results? Of yeah. So that's it. I, I think they're putting them through the test. So this one, they sent them the letter just to see how they would react in the situation. Because before that, every time Heathcliff got into problem. Louis would sort it out for him. So do you reckon it's in a sort of, um, there are no wrong answers, we're just trying to see to what you might best be suited so we can sell you on for that purpose? Yeah, either that or they're testing out different serums to see which one's the best, you know. So they're probably going to want to keep the um, resilience section of the serum that was given to Heathcliff and potentially keep the intelligence side that was given to Louis. Yeah, Um, it's interesting. Um, I'm wondering, I like how much, like what animal you put it into is going to affect it possibly uh, like are, have they both had the same serum but it's having an effect like uh, yeah it's it's manifest differently bird than on the cat yeah um and as we say we've got uh, another hector in there yeah but um, he gets killed quite quickly he gets, by heathcliff yeah he gets and heathcliff doesn't quickly. batter an eyelid 
But I'm wondering, are these all one stage of like the serum and going, okay, well, this Next isn't work. I mean, it's working pretty well for the intelligence of Louis, but not not very well for anything else. Yeah. I mean, the other thing uh, I noticed is Heathcliff is a lot like um, uh, Castello. Yeah. Like a lot. Like even from the very first thing that happens is he comes in, he's got a mouse trap on his paw. Yes. And he's just going, Louis, yeah. Louis, which uh, was what annoyed you about. Uh, it was. It didn't Cat's annoy Stello. me in that, though. No, it wasn't the same. It wasn't quite the same voice. It wasn't. No. Oh, oh, God, that great. Great on me. <laughs> but yeah, what, what I did find quite funny at one point is he's coming through and he's got a purple head. Heathcliff's got a purple head and he's holding and he's choking. I was like, oh, he's obviously swallowed something and Louis's going to like, slap him to get it out and no he just slaps him and goes breathe you forgot to breathe again <laughs> and it's like wow that's next level but do you think that's like do you think his intelligence is actually lowered by the fact that he has to very consciously think about performing all basic bodily yeah well see uh, like like years and ago so so much of his brain is <clears throat> occupied by that yeah like, like years ago i came up with this theory um and uh, it's, it's probably alcohol induced, but it was this theory that uh, sheep are incredibly intelligent, but they have to manage their in- all of their body functions. So they have to be digesting, beating heart, growing wool, and they, actively they, thinking about all those yeah, things. Yeah. Uh, whereas we, we don't. Like your heart beats, you breathe, you yeah, process oxygen, you, you process all your food. Everything's done automatically, which gives you enough time to just do the other things you want to do like this podcast so so, <laughs> for, uh, so for instance. yeah whereas sheep they've got to do all these things if they could automate a lot of their processes they would be highly intelligent and probably take over so i'm thinking it's very similar in this heathcliff it's possible that he is as intelligent uh, like, as Louis. I'm not letting this just slide that quickly. Like, I mean, I'm bringing it back to uh, the Space Jam continuum. Okay, you know? yeah, but give it, look, we'll bring it back in a, a sec. What led What's you to question? believe this about sheep specifically? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think it was just necessarily sheep specifically, but that was the that was the one that I always kind of that was your that was your anchor point. Yeah, that was the theory. one I went. But I, I can't remember exactly. I, it was, I spent a lot of time in the hills. I had a lot of time <laughs> to think up random stuff. You know, <laughs> I, I can't. Your I can't. time as a hermit. <laughs> I, not necessarily, but you know, I can't. I can't tell you the exact catalyst for this. Uh, this thought, yeah. but it is something that I thought about and have told several people. <laughs> and <laughs> And now, I like the fact you said have told several people as if that's some sort of badge of merit. Yeah, <laughs> so I've told several people. I've so told several people good. about it. Oh, it's a good one. But now, now I'm applying that same logic to old Heathcliff here. I mean, I I do think it's you know a reasonable uh, thing to apply to Heathcliff. No, yeah. uh, I want to stress not to sheep, but to Heathcliff. I kind of see that just because you don't really know what's going to happen if you if you just build like if if you build a clone. Yeah. Like if you if you know if you if you just grown a body and tried to you know apply sentience full-on like intelligence like you're gonna get a lot of dodgy ones that don't really function properly do you reckon they're cloning non-sentient animals and then stressing them or do you reckon they're cloning sentient animals i think they're trying to skip straight to sentient but because otherwise you would because otherwise i wouldn't say they're cloning people are they they're just they're just getting animals and well, no, out. but I'm wondering whether or not they found an animal. They're cloning that animal um, with certain abilities and then stressing them, or whether or not they're cloning a already sentient creature. Yeah, I, I don't think, know. I'm, think, I'm, I'm open think, to both. I just I think they're trying to skip straight to sentient. sentient, yeah, animal. I think that's probably what's going on. Maybe they should have started with non-sentient first, you know, like Dolly. But maybe they did. No, yeah, maybe. Maybe this is the next stage. This is why we're only just seeing it manifest now. Ah, possibly. Because the program probably started before the war. Yeah, yeah, I'd have thought so, yeah. And and now, you know, they're, they're just, it's the next stage of it because they've got to fight the Martian menace. Yeah. Can so I, ju- I just had another thought. I, I could see you had a thought. You, like, I, I wish, I wish this was on video because you very visibly <laughs> had a thought there. <laughs> like, it was, yeah. it was borderline light bulb <laughs> above the head like it's like, a lot of squinting eyes looking up uh, yeah i can make that work um so what i was thinking is whether or not uh the cloning process is actually made easier by jumping out of the portal coming into our side painting a character so copying them is this why they're color? Mm. so i'm thinking that that maybe they have been um like 
you know, there's copyright infringement. You know, so it's it's not quite legal, and then they're dragging them back into the Tooniverse. I mean, we are still in the sort of stage where a lot of the episodes were being coloured later. Yeah. Like, painting over the... Yeah, uh, but, that, but that's what Cinecolor is. They put accounts. another piece of, like, celluloid over, Yeah, and they paint the character, and then they project it through a portal into yeah. the Tooniverse. Oh! <laughs> yeah. How, uh, yeah? Yeah. Do you think that's how they're doing it? Yeah, I, I do think that's how they're doing it. That's what that thought was. That did you see it? it yeah, it yeah. was a big one. I also like the idea that you can create uh, a tune in the Tooniverse mm. by projecting uh, celluloid from our side. Yeah. that can also explain, for instance, why Peter Laurie's there in some sort of weird form. Yeah, is they played a Peter Laurie film like through the portal. Oh god! I don't know if you can sort of like shine the portal through film and it yeah, just goes boom, and it's like oh, that just manifests. Oh god. But that's interesting. That is, is that is that why uh, Hitler had such a fixation with uh, film and filmmakers? Ah, uh, possibly. Is that how the Nazis got into the Tooniverse? We Very just don't possible. know. No. It's stuff to think about. Yeah. I think that's stuff to think about episode to episode. Yeah. So I think we should uh, wrap it up for this week because that's a juicy dangle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Yeah. You're good when you're ill. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> when your brain's not really working, yeah. you just take a stab in the dark. Firing out nuggets. It's amazing. <laughs> nug after nug. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, that's uh, us for this week. Uh, if you're, you know, really missing our dulcet tones, you can find us in various other places. Uh, I have one more episode uh, left to record of The Prestige with uh, Rob over at Kaiju. Uh, I'm taking him through some Wes Anderson films. Uh, there are three episodes up at the time of recording. It's probably four by the time you listen to yeah. it. Um, and uh, we're gonna, we've still got Isle of Dogs to do. Um, it's a good film. Yeah, I've only seen it once as well, so I'm looking forward to watching it again oh, nice. and really, you know, getting into the juice of it. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, uh, there's uh, still a couple of episodes left to go on uh, merely role players, uh, which is uh, our our podcast friend, <laughs> uh, merely Matt's. Um, uh, podcast where uh, a theatre group uh, play uh, role-playing games, homebrew role-playing games. Uh, it's a spy thriller, and I'm in there doing a bad Scottish accent. That's good, yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's reaching its thrilling conclusion. And oh, Big know, times. Big times ahead. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. I'm excited about the last one. Excellent. And if you, you know, if listening to me on here is not enough and you really want to listen to my voice talking about something slightly different, uh, you can find me on By the Mashton, which is on Kaiju as well. Uh, where me and Mike talk about homebrewing. You know, we develop a recipe, we brew the recipe, and then we uh, taste and review commercial versions of that style of beer. So, yeah, that's somewhere else you can listen to me. And Mike's got a really good voice. He's got a really good radio voice. Like, oh, if you just want to... I mean, you should do one where you just replace you with also Mike. Mike has to act you. And then people can just listen to it and like to just nod off to like, ah, this is, this is nice. That's not a bad idea. So I can just script what I'm going to say. Yeah. Or write it down and then just go, right. Okay. Record it again, but miss my bit. And then you, you like, you just re-edit it with him saying all my bits. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea, is it? It'd be a good episode then. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find by the Mashton and the Prestige over on kaiju.fm and you can find Millie Roleplayers uh, at Millie Roleplay on Twitter and uh, they're all available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So uh, hunt them down, check them out. Yeah, enjoy uh, them. Otherwise, until next week. Um, bye! bye!